The more you, you are, the more your business will grow. Bethany Clemenson. On today's episode, we're talking about living your best life or living life by your design. As an entrepreneur, we not only set out to create a business, but we also often desire to chart our own course or to determine our own destiny. How are you doing that? Are you pressurized or are you in flow? Let's talk about it. Welcome to the Stitch for Success podcast, where we are teaching business and life lessons that will help you launch, grow, or scale your creative business. I am Monica Allen, and I'm a wife, mom, daughter, entrepreneur, author, friend, lifelong learner, and host of this podcast. For over eight years, I was stuck in corporate and dreamt of escaping. Creating a side hustle with just $700 and having taken the leap over 15 years ago, we have since grown multiple six-figure and seven-figure brands. Being an entrepreneur for over 18 years has afforded me many successes and a few failures. I want to share those with you so you can grow and be successful in your business. This episode is brought to you by Zeus's Closet. Do you wear clothes with your company's logo on them? Do you give your clients or customers promotional products to help them remember you and your team? Here at Zeus's Closet, we're like a tattoo shop for your clothes and more. We help many companies provide their entire team with branded apparel for themselves and promotional products to leave with clients and customers. Wearing branded apparel helps colleagues feel like part of a team and makes your company look more professional. Visit Zeus'sCloset.com today for your branded apparel needs. Today, I'm speaking with Bethany Clemenson, founder of Big Life Resources. Bethany's company is focused on helping entrepreneurs and high-powered executives find alignment and ease in their businesses and their personal life and stop forcing and pressurizing as they grow. I thought this would be a great topic for this week. This time of gratitude always makes me think about how grateful I am for my business and most of all, my family, my friends, and my team members. I recognize that there are moments, though, when I'm not in flow, and it leaves me feeling anxious and stressed. With the many entrepreneurs and ambitious individuals that listen to the show, I'm certain I'm not the only one who feels this way. So I want to share with you my conversation with Bethany. Bethany, my friend, fellow podcaster and anti-hustler, I am so excited to have you on the Stitch for Success podcast today. Welcome. Thank you. I am so excited to be here. I have been looking forward to it and counting down the days. Yay. Me too. So Bethany, I want my audience to really know your story. Tell us what led you to start Big Life Resources. I had a realization when I was in my corporate job, I used to work in senior living. So to back it up a little bit, I'm a nurse by trade. And I fell into a leadership role in senior living. And so initially I opened up an assisted living community, hired my own staff and team. And then I just kind of moved up the ladder. And through the course of the years, since I'm a nurse, I was often called not only for all the administrative and operational things, but for the nursing things too. And I sat with a lot of people as they faced the end of their lives. And I started to realize after a year or two that nobody ever talked about the car they drove or the square footage of their house or keeping up with the Joneses or the fabulous shoes they bought. Instead, they talked about what they didn't 
get to do. And typically it wasn't even things that I thought that I would hear when people were facing the end of their life. It was like, I wish I would have learned to dance. My wife always wanted to dance with me and I just never made the time. I was always too busy. Or I always wanted to see the Grand Canyon, but my husband didn't like to travel. And so I just gave up traveling. Or I wanted to be a teacher, but my parents told me that I should get married because that was the right thing to do. And so I never taught. And and so I was hearing all these regrets. And then I was also watching as about the things they didn't talk about. And I looked at my life and I realized I was living trying to get all the things that weren't important at the end. Like I was living society's prescribed life. We had the house, the picket fence, the 2.5 kids, the dog, all the toys, the pool, whatever. And we were disconnected. I was stressed. I was on call 24 seven and something had to give, but I had no idea how to make that happen. And so I started working with a coach. And the only reason I did it is because the company that I worked for provided a coach for their executives. Otherwise, I never would have invested because I thought it was, I thought it was a sign of weakness to ask for help. Mm. And so I wouldn't have invested, but because I felt so stuck and frankly, my marriage was on the rocks and no matter what I did, it didn't help. I, I finally gave in and I was so skeptical and I'm like, I don't even know what are you going to do for me? And are you just going to like learn all my secrets and go like share it with the owners of the company if I disagree with them. Or I mean, I was just like so unaware. And anyway, long story longer. <laughs> I will <laughs> let you talk, Monica, I promise. It's okay. This is good. <laughs> so my world blew up. Like I started to realize that there was all this narrative in my head that I didn't know. And I learned what emotional intelligence was and that I didn't have to believe every thought that came to mind and the emotions were like colors and I wasn't supposed to suppress the ones that didn't feel good. My coach taught me how to feel my emotions. And he often said to me, how's that working for you? Which really made me stop and think and take radical personal responsibility for everything happening in my life. You see, I was an information regurgitator. I read all the books and I could regurgitate all the quotes all day long. But I had no idea how to apply it. And working with a coach helped me learn how to apply it. And so over time, as I realized that this dream life that I thought I was living was actually a nightmare. And even though it looked like I was killing it, it was killing me. <laughs> mm. My family and I started to dream differently. And we started to live differently. Because when one cog in the wheel changes, everything else has to change too. So I, I didn't respond to my husband the same anymore. You know, I approached my kids differently. I started actually living out my priorities and I started forcing, taking hostages every weekend and forcing people to listen to what I've learned because it occurred to me that so many people I knew didn't know this either. Like, how do people not know this? How do people not know that our relationship with ourself is the most important thing and that you can create a life you love. And there is a big life inside of all of us. And that doesn't mean fancy stages and being a social media influencer. It may mean a quiet life in the country, in, a, in your cabin that you dreamed about. Like there's a big life for everyone. And so eventually 
with the help of my coach, I gave my notice at my corporate job. And as soon as I did that, he asked me to join his team. He said, you're a coach. You've been coaching from the moment I started coaching you. Let me give you the pieces that you're missing and let's get you going. This is like you were born for this. And so I've been doing that ever since. And that's a really long answer, Monica. (laughs) No, but that's a really good answer. And I appreciate you diving in and really giving us the background to you starting your business. So let me ask you this. What was the first cog that you changed in your life? Can you remember that? Mm -hmm. Clearly. I remember like within the first month of working with the coach. So I would talk to him every week for 30 minutes on the phone. I had never even met the guy. It wasn't face-to-face. He was in a different state. And by the way, he's, we're still in touch. And, but one of the first things was that I was out to eat with my girlfriends and we, the, the, they were taking our order and I ordered a cheeseburger. And then I had this thought, like this forehead smack, like, wait a minute. Why am I doing this? Do I even like cheeseburgers or am I just ordering a cheeseburger? Because that's what I've always done. Like I started to question everything and not in a judgmental kind of way, but like in a curiosity kind of way, like, isn't that interesting? Why am I doing this? Like with everything. And and the cheeseburger moment was probably, that's the first thing I can remember. And I know that seems small, but it was huge for me. To be able to understand that I get to choose. I don't have to do what I've always done because I've never questioned it because I was taught to like cheeseburgers or whatever. Not that there's anything wrong with that. And I do still like cheeseburgers, but it's not my first choice. But I would have gone the rest of my life eating cheeseburgers and never questioning it. And the thing is, we do that in a million different ways in our life every day, moment to moment. And we don't even know it. Yeah. And you know, what's interesting is listening to this conversation. It makes me think, do I already do that or do I not do that? Do I not do it enough? Anyway, I'm going to start evaluating myself (laughs) because I wonder, (laughs) and I will say, you know, I have grown more in the past, probably three years, because at one point I was very independent and you know, did what I wanted to do. And then once I got married, something changed in that. It was like, I Mm -hmm. kind of waited to see what my husband was going to do. Or, Mm -hmm. you know, I would ask him for, you know, and it's not that I gave up my independence or anything, but it was always kind of that little bit of, I needed a confirmation or something. And so one of the things that I've tried to do in the past two to three years is I recognized that. And I said, you know, I still need to be independent and make decisions for me. And not to say I don't think about anybody else, because of course I think about him and my kids and all of that, but I have to actually evaluate is, am I doing this for me or am I doing it for someone else or, you mm-hmm. know, and be honest with myself with that. And you just hit the nail on the head. It, and it's about getting real about your answer. You, you've got to be honest about it. And sometimes that honesty is like a third level truth. You know, it's the honesty behind the honesty, right? It's like not the surface level answer, but really getting real with yourself. That's how you break through. That's how you move forward is when when you are willing to get real with yourself about why you're doing what you're doing. I realized early on working with my coach that my marriage was falling apart because I was full, 
No, it's always two. So don't, I mean, my, my husband's amazing, not perfect. Neither of us are, but there was so much resentment on my end. I had so much resentment for my husband, but it was based on a faulty belief system. You see, I believed that he was brilliant. He is brilliant. And I, but that I believed his brilliance made mine, made me, I made it mean that I was dumb. You know, I, that was so not correct grammar, whatever. Anyway, I made it mean that I wasn't good enough because that was my lens for everything. I was always looking for the reason that I wasn't good enough or I was a disappointment and bitterness built in our marriage. So like silly things like when we pull, we had heated garages and, and we lived in Iowa. And so when you pull the car in the garage, we put the windows down in the winter because you have snow on your shoes and it melt on the mats. But if it didn't evaporate, your car would get messy, right? Like totally makes sense. He Tom, my husband, Tom is very efficient. I don't even think about that stuff. I'd like throw an air freshener in or something. I mean, that's not on my radar, but then because he mentioned that to me, I felt like I had to do it. And then I was ticked off every time. And sometimes I'd leave the windows up on purpose, but now I blamed him. Like it was like this whole messed up thing. Or if I forgot and then he went out and did it, he wouldn't say anything to me. He would just go out and put the windows down, not a deal. I would make it mean that I was a disappointment. And I, and so it just festered and grew into this big ball of resentment. And I was bitter towards him. And therefore I didn't trust him. And, and I kept him at arm's length and I just worked as much as I could because I felt like I could been there. And I didn't have any of that, that realization until I started working with the coach. I gave my husband all of my, all of my power by giving him my worth. And it was all, and it was all me. Not that he doesn't like things his way. Don't get me wrong. Okay. But That's most of us as human beings. So oh, right. Like, right. But like, it was just like this huge moment. I remember coming home and apologizing when I realized like, I'm so angry and bitter at you, but it's all because of how I perceive and how I'm thinking about things. This is not you. It's me. And I'm sorry. And thank you for loving me despite being this way. And it was a game changer. You know, everything. I mean, that's not like everything was fixed magically. That's not how it works. But it was a a door opening moment for us. Right. I mean, that makes perfect sense. And so now did your company expect that your coach would lead to you leaving the company? (laughs) You know, initially, and it was a process. It was a process because so within six months of working with him, I got the promotion that I had wanted for the last two years. Within nine months of working with him, I was running over half the company in my region. So I had like 15 properties under that I oversaw all, you know, in all different places. And I would travel all the time. And so see, in the beginning, I thought that's what I wanted. And initially it was, and I loved it. And then I grew. And sometimes you just outgrow things. And so as I grew, it just became more apparent. Like there was this nagging voice in me, like there's more for you. And like you, sh- you should be speaking and you should be helping others in a different way. There's more for you. Like, And I got to do a lot of that in my role. But I also got to spend two weeks on financials, which is like sticky needles in my eyes. I mean, that's not fun, right? And so I had this whisper of more. And I tamped it down for quite a while. I remember being in a group, a Bible study group 
with people that had known me for a few years. We were really involved in our local church. And I mentioned that I had this like desire for more and I wanted to leave my job. And everyone in that group, they were like, why would you do that? You haven't made there. You make great money. You're in charge of all those things. And it was like dream crushing. And they didn't, I mean, they didn't, they were just coming from their own perspective. But, and so that kept me small. That kept me small. Not that that's their fault, but right. Everything they voiced was a fear in my head. Who do you mm-hmm. think you are? They didn't say that to me, but that's what my head would say to me. Who do you right. think you are? Why can't you be satisfied? Right. Just be okay and be content. Look at this life you've built. It's amazing. Blah, blah, blah. You know? And then that led to a conversation with my coach where he asked me, are the people that you're surrounding yourself with, do they look like your future? If not, you need to reevaluate. Oh, Bethany, <laughs> that's a good question that we all could ask ourselves. Do they look like your future? Wow. You know, you've hit, you've hit on a couple of things and you've used the word perspective a couple of times. You use the word perspective when you talked about the relationship with your husband and your perspective. And then also your church group, them coming from their perspective. So when you think about that, you really have to evaluate where people are coming from when they're talking to you because their lens mm-hmm. is different from your lens and they can't see through your eyes. They can't feel what's in your heart. That speak that you had going right. on that would not leave you alone. <laughs> you know, they couldn't feel that. But it was like you were kind of looking for their confirmation and they didn't give it to you, though. You know, right. You had to look from within. Right. Wow. That's amazing. And so that led you to big life resources. And so now, Bethany, I like to say you are trying to save us entrepreneurs from ourselves. (laughs) (laughs) What pointers do you have for us in getting into flow with our business? Oh, I feel like this is going to sound cliche, but you've got to really know who you are. You've got to understand what sets your soul on fire. And it's all, everything starts with the question of why am I doing this? Are you doing, are you on your entrepreneurial journey because it feeds your soul and it lights you up? Or is it because 18 people told you that you were good at that and you should do it? Are you forcing it? Is it pressurized? You know, if it's pressurized, then you've got to pause. Because we weren't designed, you know, to live. And I know your listeners probably can't see me, but I have my my fists clenched here. We weren't designed to live like constricted and restricted and stressed and pressurized. We were designed, you know, to live like in flow, like like a river, and and to be, you know, everything from Gus, God, universe, source, flowing through us. And we're the, you know, we're just the mechanism, and our and we use our gifts and balance that way. And so as an entrepreneur, at least for me and my experience and for the entrepreneurs and the business leaders that I coach, we pressurize ourselves. Like it's hard to not be, it's hard to be a high achiever and not self-pressurize. And so it's a constant harmony because I think balance is crap. It's a constant harmony, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, and, and it's a give and take. And so knowing who you are and then truly doing what it is that feels really good to you. 
that lights you up and staying with that, regardless of if the gurus say that you have to do 18 reels a week and post five times on Insta and be on Clubhouse seven hours a day and, you know, have 18 Facebook groups and whatever, like, let that go. When you show up as you, the right people will be attracted to your energy. They'll come into your sphere. Your world will open up. The more you, you are, the more your business will grow. I love that. I love that. And so in a previous episode, I shared, and you know this story about me now, but I shared with the audience my anxiety diagnosis from my doctor and how honestly COVID saved me. I really do feel like I know there was a lot of loss in COVID. There still is loss, unfortunately, but COVID I feel like saved me because it got me off out of the rat race Mm. of stress about my business and running and running. Oh, I got to grow. I got to grow. And what I have gotten into, and you helped me so much with this is flow because I have changed my business and I'm not going back. Like we started doing by appointments in our store. That was just one thing in the cog, Mm -hmm. one cog in the wheel, as you would say. Yeah. And that has really just lifted the pressure. And it's not that our business, if anything, our business has grown because people don't come in window shop. They come with purpose. They book an appointment and they come prepared to spend money, not just come and look around. Mm -hmm. So yes, I'll, Mm -hmm. yes to all of that. And thank you for that message that you brought. What sets your soul on fire? I love my business. But my business was squashing me, like running me ragged. And anyway, I don't have it all figured out yet, but it has gotten much better, (laughs) much better. You know, and I don't think we ever get it all figured out. So when I was in my corporate role, I would be the first to arrive. When I ran my own building, this is what my normal weekday would look like. This is pre-coaching. I'd be up between 4.30 and 5. I'd go to the gym, come home, grab a shake. The kids wouldn't be up. I'd say goodbye to my husband, and I'd be the first to arrive at the office. I'd work until supper time, usually around 6, 6.30. Come home, because work was really close to home, which was dangerous for me. Have supper with the kids. Maybe help them with a bath. I'd go back to work, and I'd work until maybe 1 a.m. Come home. And I would sleep. See, I had to kill it. I had to win. It was, and, and when I got home, I couldn't shut my mind off. So I'd have a glass of wine, maybe two. And then I'd follow that up with an ambient so I could sleep. And I did that for years, for years. I did that. I lived that life. And because I just thought if I could win enough, if I could just grow enough, if I could win enough, if I could have the least amount of turnover, if I could be so successful, then I would feel whole. I feel okay. And I think that translates over to entrepreneurship really easily. If you're hustling and you think if you if there's a if there's a thought in your mind that says, when I get this, then I'll feel that, mm. you've got to pause because it's conditional happiness and it's a bunch of crap. Like it. You've got to feel at peace and feel at ease now. 
And that's when everything you want will come to you. Everything you want will be attracted to you. And, and when I first started on my entrepreneurial journey, I had the same tendency. I found myself self-pressurizing. So I remember before I left my corporate job, I said, I would call a friend of mine and I would be crying and be like, I'm so tired of being someone's I'm so tired of it. And, and so much of it, I was doing myself, but you know, I gave up myself all this pressure. Well, guess what? In my entrepreneurial journey, about six or eight months in, I felt that same way. I was being my own, like <laughs> I was doing it to myself. And so if you're in that place in your business, it's a belief that it has to be hard. It's a belief that it can't be fun. It's a belief that you have to hustle and grind and not get enough sleep and pressurize and push and force. And it's crap. You're never going to attract the, your ideal client to grow the ideal way that you want to grow and to feel and have the life that you want if that's how you're managing things in your business because you can't be blocked and pressurized in one area and not have it trickle over to every area life. That's not how it works. Well, and you mentioned earlier, you showed your clenched fists and like when your fists are clenched and closed, there is no flow. There's nothing getting in or out of it. So, wow. Yeah. I like what you said. Can you say that again? The question, if you're questioning that question that you mentioned? Sure. If you're saying when I have this or when I get this, when I get this, okay, then, then I will feel whatever blank. So that's conditional happiness. Gotcha. Then that's thinking that when you get somewhere, then you'll be okay, or you'll be worthy, or you'll be good enough, or you'll feel successful. You've got to feel that way now. And it's who you are being. Like we don't get what we want. You know, and this is such a cliche saying, but it's so true. We don't, in this life, we don't get what we want. It's not about what we're wanting or wishing for. It's about who we're being. How are we showing up? What's the energy we're bringing? You know, that's that's what we get because everything in this universe is energy. Mm-hmm. And you attract like attracts like. So if if you believe that it has to be hard, that's what you're telling us that you want. So what do you think you're going to get? A whole lot of hard. Yeah. And I think too, with that conditional thinking or conditional results, you often, it just ends up disappointing, you know? Mm, So, you know, you think once you get there, it's going to be all good. And then you, and then you raise the bar on yourself. Right. Absolutely. It's like, um, it's like if you're holding a ruler up and down, you know, and then you get to the top of the ruler and then, you know, the ruler just moves up and you start at the bottom again. It's like, you're always expanding and growing. So it can't be about an achievement. It has to be about how you're feeling and, and, and that correlates with who you're being. If you, if the only thing you take away from this is your focus on feeling good, that's where everything starts. Because from there, you can ask yourself, if you notice that you're not feeling good and you can ask yourself, well, why am I doing this? As I, I notice I'm off. I don't feel good. I'm not at peace. I'm not at ease. Right. And you notice that. Isn't that interesting? Okay. Why am I doing what I'm doing? And maybe you have to pay your electric bill or whatever. And and maybe that's causing you stress. And so then you can evaluate that. Well, instead of being stressed and ticked off that I have to pay the electric bill, maybe I could flip that and be really thankful 
that the resources are there or that I have electricity or I live in this nation or that I'm able to even be an entrepreneur and have the time at two o'clock in the afternoon to pay my electric bill. And I know that sounds like Pollyanna. I know. But truly, when you reach the stage where you're Pollyanna and you're vibing that high on a consistent basis, not that you don't ever go low, but when you're there and you live at that stage and you're probably going to annoy some people and it's okay, but that's when everything starts to expand for you because you're feeling good. It's all Mm -hmm. about feeling good. Well, it's interesting because you said focus on feeling good. Some people would make you feel bad about focusing on that. Oh, right. right. Sure. So, yeah. It's like, well, are you, are you really working hard enough? You're focused on feeling good. You know, wow. That's interesting. But I like that. I need to put that up here in my office. Focus on feeling good. <laughs> Sometimes you know, we not, have to be reminded have to be the big things. Yeah, absolutely. It doesn't, and it, I'm sorry, there was a delay. So I didn't mean to cut, to, to cut. You're fine. Off. You're fine. Sometimes Monica, it's not even the big things. It's like, I love this paper because you can't see it. Your listeners can't see it, but it says radiate joy, be kind, love life. And it's thick and it's heavy. And guess what? I can write on it with my favorite Sharpie marker that I enjoy because that brings me joy. I have a really super sparkly phone case. Guess what? It's because it, it's because it brings me joy. My coffee mug says, be amazing. I'm intentional. I'm intentional. Do I have it all figured out? No. Do I have bad days? Yes. But I do my very best to live in gratitude for what I have with the because behind it, because that connects the feeling and helps you feel good. And I'm intentional about what I surround myself with doesn't feel good for me. If it feels heavy, it's as simple as light and heavy, mm-hmm. right? If it feels heavy, then you've got to figure out how to distance yourself from it, how to change your perspective around it or how to let it go. Gotcha. Lean into the light. And you know, the thing is in life, there are some things that there are some heavy things that are difficult to avoid because they're just life circumstances. Absolutely. But if we can at least lighten those things that we can lighten, then we have less heavy. Does that make sense? Absolutely. And when the heavy things happen, I mean, my husband almost died of COVID before it was even, before we were even on lockdown, he had, I have, I have no medical proof it was COVID except multiple specialists saying he had every symptom, including like the respiratory syndrome that happens where you're on a ventilator because he was on wow. a ventilator. And so I can continually live in fear because he travels for his job and I can live in fear and I can choose to suffer because I have fear around him being sick again, because what happened and et cetera, et cetera. Or I can choose to be so grateful that he's here with me and to live our life. And like pain is, is not something you can get away from. Pain in this life, everybody is experiencing pain, right? But suffering is optional. Mm. Like we get to choose how long we suffer. Like if you're rubbing down in it and reliving the memories, and if I'm like looking every day at the picture of him on the ventilator, and like I get to choose my suffering here. So we all have pain. Like my life is not perfect by any stretch of the imagination but you get to choose where you put your energy and your focus. Right. Very true. So Bethany, now I know, 
I know you a bit more than my audience does, but because we've known each other now for like six (laughs) months and you're just awesome. But I know there's a point in time and maybe you can tell us what led you here as well, but you sold your house, right? Yeah. And then what did you do? So when I started to change and dream differently and think differently, everybody in my family, not because I was forcing them, but because I showed up differently, it changed the energy in my family. And honestly, initially, and this is kind of a segue to your, to your question here, but initially my husband was like, what's all this touchy feely stuff that you're doing with this coach. (laughs) And he was like very much, you know, he's analytical. He's an engineer mind, like black and white. But then after a few months in, and I started to change and be happier and be completely different and live my priorities and show up differently in our marriage, he was like, can you tell me about this? And so it just opened the door to dialogue. And so we sat down as a family and just started dreaming together differently. And in the midst of all this, I'm still in my corporate job. I joined the John Maxwell team because I wanted to learn how to become a better speaker. So I was already certified or getting my certification as a coach. And then I wanted to be a better speaker. And so I joined the John Maxwell team for that and got another certification as a coach as well. And But when I was standing in line at the John Maxwell team, I met this woman who, her name's Michelle. She lives in Colorado. And she just mentioned to me how her and her family had put their house up for rent for six months and pulled their teens out of school and traveled in Europe. And I'm like, what? you can do that. Like in my head, my mind exploded. Like, well, people could do that. And she wasn't independently wealthy. Her husband was a firefighter and she was part of the MLM. And it made me start thinking differently. And so I went home and I was on the plane. I was thinking, well, what, what could we do? Is there something that we could do? It would be fun like that because we had been so disconnected and stressed and running around 18 different directions. And I just wanted to slow down. And I realized I was missing my kids growing up and I wanted it to be different. And so I went home and, and I talked to, to Tom about my experience with Michelle. And then I told him that my best memory growing up, one of my favorite memories was my grandparents took us in a motorhome. And we traveled one summer from Illinois to Florida and we like we went to Daytona and we drove on the beach in the motorhome and then the motorhome got stuck and we went all these campgrounds and it was like my best memories. And we weren't campers. We didn't really, we, did, we just didn't do that. And so I'm like, what if we bought a motorhome and we sold everything and we traveled Like, what if we took a year or maybe it turned into two years or maybe it was nine months or whatever, but we just go. We like, we ask the kids what they want to do, where they want to go. And we just go do that. And he's like, really? Okay. And so we talked about it and then him and I went to a weekend event and it was like, you know, sometimes in your marriage, when you grow, you kind of like pull ahead. Like, so your awareness is different. Your growth is different. And so I felt like I was at one stage and my husband was behind and he had been traveling and this weekend opportunity came up and I said, Hey, could, would you go to this event with me? And he was reluctant, but he came as a hostage. And (laughs) even at the beginning of the event, the person putting on the event, his name is Paul Martinelli. He's like, well, we have one hostage in the room, Tom Clemenson. 
any other hostages in the room. And I thought Tom was going to die. Like he's introverted. He doesn't want to be the center of attention. I could see the hives like welling up on his neck. Anyway, that weekend, it was like he caught up with me. Like it was just like he had all of these huge moments and he caught up with me. And on the way home, he said on the plane, on the way home, he said, we have to get rid of everything. We have to sell everything because this life we have built has been based on what we thought we should do and lack. Mm. And we need to have a life of abundance and connection. And I'm like, all right, let's do it. So we put the help, we talked to the kids and they were in and, and they started setting out a route for us and picking out the places to go. And it was 90 days after that event, we were leaving our house for the last time we had sold and we were leaving. And so I had a couple months to finish in my corporate job. We actually moved into a senior living community that I had just helped hire the team and open. It was nearby. We moved into an empty apartment in that community and we stayed there for a couple of months while I helped finish up my obligations there. And then we hit the road and we traveled for about, about a year we traveled. And nice. That's really good. And so the kids just did school virtually or did you have school? No, they did online through a charter school. They did online for that year. So nice. Wow. Yeah. I will say that is brave. My husband would love to do that. I will say he would love to do that. I don't personally think I would love to do that, but who knows? Maybe I should ask myself the question again. So focus on feeling good. So I'll have to, I'll have to give that some thought. That is really cool, (laughs) Bethany. So how are you now helping? Tell us a little bit more about how you're helping entrepreneurs with your business. Sure. So, well, I, everything that we've talked about is what I help do in my one-on-one with my one-on-one clients. So I take on a limited amount of one-on-one clients and I usually work with people minimum of three months just because you've got to get traction, right? We have to understand where you're at and know where you're going. I'm DISC certified. So it's a personality style. And I, I usually incorporate that into my coaching as well. And I'm in the process of learning human design, which has been a game changer for me. And so I'm incorporating that with my coaching, but we really work on perspectives, strategy for your business that feels good, leaning into who you are. And it's not, it never is about just about business. I mean, <laughs> it's, it, every, it all trickles over to every area of your life. You know, I have a, a client that came to me because I led a strategic planning session for his company. And as a CEO, he's called to speak a lot and he wanted to improve his speaking. And years later, we have worked on pretty much everything but speaking at this point. Like, but his marriage has changed. He got a huge promotion and moved. Everything is different about his life and him him being at peace and ease. And so really one-on-one is is for fastest results, one-on-one is is probably the best way that I work with people. I also have group programs. I have a, a, a 10 week program called big life. You that uh, where we walk through 10 weeks of really accessing your peace, asking you these questions, you do the work. So there's a teaching every single week. And then we also have a group coaching in, in that program. And I've had people 
make their side hustle, their full-time hustle, quit school, leave a marriage, find the love of their life, expand their business in huge ways, you know, so all kinds of different results there. I think, yes, I speak to entrepreneurs and high achievers, but I have all different people that come to me, if that makes any sense. So, Mm -hmm. yeah, because I mean, you started out and you're in your career, but you had a coach that really helped you dive deep into what you really wanted to do. And so you help people do that no matter what stage they're in. They don't have to be an entrepreneur, basically, is what you're saying. They could be in a career where they're not quite feeling fulfilled or maybe they are, but they come to you and figure out something different, you know? So that's really Mm -hmm. good, Bethany. And I know that in just getting to know you, one of the things that I absolutely love is you started the Empty Bucket Club on Clubhouse. Mm -hmm. And... I just, I love the name of that. Tell us what made you start that club? I think for me personally, my goal is to get to the end of my life and live knowing I left it all out here, you know, that I did the best I could. I heard someone say once that their definition of hell was getting to the end of their life and meeting the person they could have been. Oh wow! And if that happens, I want to know that I did everything I could to to use my gifts and talents. You know, I don't want to have to face the fact that I had all these gifts and talents and I didn't do the things that set my soul on fire according to that. And so after watching people die with their dreams intact and senior living, there was one person that I met over the course of the years. She didn't have any regrets. Her bucket list was empty. She had done the things and she was inspiration for me. Her name is Maxine. And I remember thinking, knowing her for years, she became another grandchild or grandparent to my kids, kind of a second mom to me. And she was an inspiration behind the empty bucket because her bucket list was empty because she chose to play full out. And so that's the premise behind that club is living life on your terms, whatever that means for you. You know, maybe you want to travel the world. Maybe you want to have a quiet cabin in the woods. Maybe, you you know, whatever that is, you figure that out and then you just go after it. If you're selfish, it makes you someone that knows who you are and you're living in your place. Like what would happen if we all lived in our places? If we were all in the places that we were designed to be, can you imagine the impact that would have? Because we would all be finding our light in the right way. And right. so if I can inspire one person to really start to self-reflect and think about how they're living this life, I mean, something that I do on a regular basis is when I'm faced with a decision, I ask, what would my 90-year-old self think of this? You know, if I'm going to talk with her, is she going to say, oh no, play it safe. Don't do that. Why would you do that? Oh, you know. Or is she going to be like, hell yeah, get after it. I'm glad we did that. Yeah. Let's jump out of this tree. <laughs> no, I love that. You're a nine-year-old self. So Bethany, how's your business going? It's good. It's good. You know, Clubhouse has been a game changer for me. It really has. I have met people just like you. I've met just the most amazing supportive tribe of people that I know if I sit in a circle, I will be with you in real life soon. 
And, and I said, I have this dream. I have this burning desire. I have this thing I keep pushing down and it keeps coming back that every single one of the people that I've met in my inner circle now would say, what are you waiting for? Get after it. And how can I help you? Exactly. Yes, for sure. Well, I'm glad your business is going well. And I'm glad you started your business. How long have you been in business now? 2017. Awesome. Yeah, I was just, yeah. So 17 is when I started and we launched, like we left in 2018, like we left, sold everything and left in 2018 and traveled. So, wow. That's so cool. Well, you are an inspiration and I think that we could all definitely use a few things that you mentioned that we can do now is ask yourself what sets your soul on fire and focus on feeling good. I love that. And I appreciate you sharing that. How can people reach you, Bethany? Sure. So you can find me. I hang out on Instagram a lot just by searching my name and I'm on Clubhouse, of course, but my website is bigliferesources.com and you can connect with me there. There's a connection page. I also have, I have a book that comes out. It'll be coming out later this year. If I can push through my fear, I'm going through my first rounds of edits and it's scary. It's so scary. There's so many red marks. And so like my goal for tomorrow is to get through the rest of the book. But if, if I can keep moving forward and I will, then the book will be out later this year. It's called Ditching the Dream. And if and if you have any interest in knowing my story, plus the learns and the takeaways from it, it's not a memoir. It's really, it's teaching and application of what I have learned. So kind of just like what we talked about here. Mm-hmm. then get on the wait list for it. And you can be the first to know when a pre-order happens. And maybe that is excellent, Bethany. I'm so excited for you. I didn't know you were working on a book. You know, I'll be there to support however I can. Mm-hmm. That is so, so, so exciting. And yes, you will get through it. You know that already. It's something you want to do and you're yeah. going to do it. So that's just how it goes. I so appreciate your time. I so appreciate your enlightenment. Thank you for joining me today, Bethany. Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate you. And I appreciate you too. I want to thank Bethany for sharing her story with us. Do you feel like you are in flow in your business, in your life? Are you living life on your terms? Are you doing the things that light you up? Or are you letting people should on you? Bethany says that, and I love it. She has left us with so many questions to ponder. If you would like to get in touch with Bethany, her contact info can be found in the show notes. Thank you so much for tuning in today. Follow me on Instagram and TikTok at Stitch for Success. I would also love it if you join the Stitch for Success Facebook group. On all of these platforms, I provide you with inspiration, support, and tips for running a successful business for the long term. If you haven't already, please subscribe and rate the podcast on Apple or Audible. And as always, I'd love it if you tell at least one entrepreneur friend about the podcast. Send them the link to this show and help them with their business as well. Thanks again for listening and have a great one.